Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Wednesday morning. Will it be a good ending between the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson? That's seemingly the big story as we head to NFL Championship Weekend. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Guys, we're in a weird spot. No college football, no football on Saturday in either sport. We still got days to go to get football. So what did you do last night? With the football void. There's still plenty of football stories to talk about, which we'll dig into in a second. Try to find something to watch on TV. What do you find? As much as I could. (laughs) Just scrolling. Nothing. You know, up and down. I watched a little bit of Martin. A couple people get chopped up. You know. (laughs) ID Network, watched a little you bit of that. Love, oh, there's a oh, comedy there, because Martin Network. was sort of a comedy show, and then you sort of said, like, Martin wasn't chopping guys up. There's two no, separate no, shows. No, okay, no, the two ID separate Network shows. was chopping people Comma. up, yeah, too. I, then, you know? I, ID, ID Network. Network, Oxygen. I go to all of them, Jay. I go Oxygen, ID Network, um, on with Oprah, because she still got the Dateline stuff. Dateline is not as gruesome. Dateline is more, it's sto- you know, the stories behind missing people. All of, I just, that's what I do, man. I don't have any. That's your there's no, sport. There's no anything black in my history, anything like dark that, you know, all of a sudden Keyshawn <laughs> is going to be apprehended for doing something he shouldn't have been doing. No, I just like to watch the stuff because I'm interested in how and why. And I like to try to solve it myself. You know, within within probably 10 minutes of watching some of this stuff, I can tell you who's guilty. How? Oh. In a heartbeat. I can't wait. No I matter what you. it is, though, Zoom. I can, I can only see you, Key, with a drink in your hand, yelling at the TV like, you know he did it. You know he did it. Just arrest him already. No, no no alcohol. No alcohol. Just I didn't say what kind of drink. No, I just sit back and a lot of it, a lot of it, well, most of it is either the wife, the husband, or the kids. It's personal. It's always something like that. It's never really, I don't like the serial killer stuff. You know, it's just not – that's not good to me. I like looking at why he did what he did, why she did what she did, and why the kids don't like their parents. Because that, that's what it is. It's always that. Some girls is mad because she can't date some dude that's older than her and the parents don't like it. So she somehow convinces the boyfriend to go and do Jeez. something evil to the parents. Jeez. Jay, did you have a lighter night? Was your night Jay, a little Yes, lighter? it's not as dark. I don't know where Keith's going right now. And the funny thing is my kids <laughs> will sneak downstairs and they'll stand on the steps. I'm like, go back up there. You know you're not supposed to be watching this. That's right. You're going to give them nightmares, man. <laughs> no, they good. They good. Dude, but I'm telling you, you have to check out, and I don't know, Key, you probably like it too, the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO. I, I, I am Now that you told me, I'll watch it tonight. I am immersed by it just to understand, first off, how he got there. And it, it gives you like a, a raw, real account of a guy like that and the rise to fame and how he, how he, you almost felt like he never got a chance to find out who Tiger Woods is because he was constantly living through the eyes of what everybody told him Tiger Woods needs to be. It, well, it's, it's fascinating, man. Well, that happens a lot, though, Jay, when you are raised – by your parents to like be something you see legendary his dad from the day one was like you are the chosen one like told people that and you see it in entertainment you see it in sports all the time where it's like you got to do this and we need you to do this and it's practice and you never get a chance to live like your childhood dreams you know it's just like and then all of a sudden you have this adult that's still like a kid you know happier than life just want to 
And then sometimes they just want to escape and just be able to, you know, that's sometimes for me, I feel like even as an adult, I'm so glad that my father wasn't like in my life like that. My mom raised all of us. And so I didn't get pushed to do sports. It wasn't something that she just like, you got to play sports and I need you to be a football player. It was like, oh, if you want to play basketball, you want to play football, whatever you want to do. I think tend to think that dads sometimes push their kids to the limit to be great at what they wanted to be great at. Mm. And so I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm cool. I'm so glad well, I'd have pops like that. Kid, you got it out here, man. You got you got people willing paying you know a lot of oh, money for absolutely. these kids in these specialty camps. I'm man. like, yo, he's three years old, man. Absolutely. He's three years old, and you're trying to have him on the court for five hours a day, man, like Jay. Let him breathe for Jay, a minute, man. Jay, my longtime good friend, who's my sports, was my sports agent, and, and his son is Cassius Stanley, play for the Indiana Pacers, yep. and I'll tell the story because it's not. Yeah, I'll do it. I told Jerome years ago, I said, man, because it helped Cassius get to the NBA and to Duke, but at the same time, I was like, man, he don't need to be shooting 10 hours in the damn gym. Let that man live because he was still a kid at this time. And Jerome's like, you think so, Key? I'm like, yes, it'll come. Just let him be a kid for a little bit. When he gets to be that 16, 17, 18, now he can pour it on to get ready for the NBA. But at 12 years old and 11 years old, man, he don't need to be shooting nine hours a day. And, the, the, and that's Cass, what happens. Did Cash just have a 40-inch vertical at 11? Because it sure as hell seems like he may have. No, no, he was bunny hops. He was bunny hops <laughs> as a do, kid. <laughs> Zubin, that dude might be able to jump over you straight up. So jump you, right over you. You see all of those sort of things in sports, Zubin, where to push the limit. And it works out for some people, and then sometimes it doesn't. I mean, you just think about this, the, the story of uh, Marv Marinovich and Tom Marinovich. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. How do you say their last name, Key? Marinovich. Okay. That's better. What did I say? Something close, but not that. I didn't say Marinovich? Oh, maybe my lips are too big and they got stuck. Go ahead, Zubin. <laughs> Once again, something you can say that I can't. You can say it. You're not going to get in trouble. We're in 2020 now or 2021. You're okay. Go ahead. Try it. Let me see if it works. No. Joining us this morning, Jay Will Keyshawn in an empty chair. <laughs> That's pretty much probably what would happen. Let's be honest. Um, okay. I'll save you. Don't worry. Two things. Bottom of the hour, 630 a.m. Eastern. There's some actual real news on Tiger. We'll get to that. It's actually some mm. major news surrounding his golf career. You talked about the Marinoviches, the quarterbacks, the quarterback controversy pushing the quarterback and right now the Texans are pushing their quarterback Deshaun Watson to the limits there's a lot of talk right now with just a couple of head coaching openings around that Eric Bieniemy, who was strongly pushed by Deshaun Watson didn't get much consideration from the Texans though did interview on Monday could it be another cycle where the black head coaches get left out Peter King joined our program yesterday and said even though a lot of people feel like Bieniemy might get shut out He's a little bit more optimistic than most. I'm not positive he will get passed over. Huh. I think the Houston Texans need Eric Bieniemy right now. And if that is the only job available after the season, I'm not saying they will hire him. I don't know what the Houston Texans will do. They're, they're interviewing everybody in the field right now with Nick Casario. But I'm not saying it's impossible to rescue the relationship with uh, – you know, with Deshaun Watson, it's like when you've got an injury and the trainer says, you just got to let this settle down. You got a bad back, just got to give it a couple of days, relax, rest, settle down. 
that's what this ha- that's what has to happen here. And I don't think the Texans should be rushed into a damn thing. They're stupid if they if they let that happen. They, they, they shouldn't be rushed into it, but they need to entertain it. They need to make sure, Jay, that they're paying attention and they're listening now. It doesn't mean that they're going to hire Eric B. Any or Jim Caldwell, or anybody else, but they need to try their best to figure it out. Yeah, and if I'm Deshaun Watson, not only do I want a guy like EB to be my head coach, but also I need to have a, a coming-to-Jesus conversation with Kyle McNair. Like that, that, that needs to happen. In order for this to have any chance, Key, I need to hear the words directly from the owner's mouth that things will change. And I actually need to be I need to see that in his actions over a a short period of time, because I I think that's the only way this relationship will be salvaged. Only thing I would add, there are many people wondering exactly why Eric B. interviewed with the Texans on Monday, essentially when you're in a situation where you're not supposed to be interviewing all of his other interviews are done before their playoff ran begun in earnest. And this is the number one sign about how much everybody wants this to work out. The Chiefs said, go ahead, do the interview. Even though we're game planning, we got three games in four weeks trying to win our second straight Super Bowl. Our quarterback is hurt. You're aligned with our quarterback. Go ahead and take the interview. Oh, by the way, the Chiefs would end up getting two third-round draft picks. It works for them. It works for the Texans because two two third-round, that's a compensatory pick. So, obviously, the Niners got two for Sala moving to the Jets. So, it's important. Second thing I would say, the Texans needed to work out, obviously, because they need to save face, and they need to save face with Deshaun Watson. And third, the NFL stepped in and allowed BNME to have this interview. That's how it happened. They put out a statement saying, look, it's virtual. It could be done. There's league consent. Both the Chiefs and the Texans signed off on it. So if there's any sign, think about how draconian the NFL has been. I don't know what that means, but you can tell think me about, during the break. Think about how hardcore the NFL is. Colin Kaepernick, we want you to have this workout this day at this time. I'd like to change the site. No, you can't. The NFL has always said, you're doing it my way or the highway. And in this case, they stepped in and said, okay, how can we make this work? How can we bend the rule to make it work for B enemy? If that doesn't tell you the NFL wants this to work, nothing will. On the way, why is Bruce Arians lighting a fire, not under Bill Belichick, but in this time, Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers has blown through everybody on his way to this NFC championship. Coming off what Tampa was able to do to Drew Brees, this one is going to be super interesting. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. That was B.A., essentially saying. saying. Nobody was cold on the field. Man, well, please, you played man. in Tampa. I, Bruce Arians need to just be quiet, man. How are you going to tell a player they're not cold? 
the Bucks do have a history of struggling in 40 below, right? 40 yeah, degrees I mean, or below. It, 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 when I'm doing my playing days, we struggled in 40. I think it was like, I, I want to say it was 43 and below. Mm-hmm. We struggled, whatever that was. There was, was an offer for the whole franchise. For it, a while. it was a while. Yeah, ooh, it was tough, though, man. Well, you, I mean, Tom Brady wouldn't struggle in cold weather. He played his whole career in New England. I mean, he would be the one person that wouldn't struggle. It, that is somewhat correct, Jay. But Tom Brady's been down there since the spring, right? And so his body, his body temp and his blood may have thinned out a little bit. I don't know. I'm not like a doctor, but I would think that like for now, for me, I'm cool with the cold now in New York. I'm like, I'm fine because I've been here for a little bit. So it's like, OK, it's still cold as hell, but it's still I'm OK. Uh, <laughs> but to say that. None of the players on the field, like B.A. was saying, none of the players on the field is cold just because you played and coached in Pittsburgh and some of the other places. Man, stop lying to people. Them damn players be cold, man. They can sit around and run around. The greatest thing, that the thing that I love the most is when they take off their shirts and they run around with their headsets on. All right, man, I'm going to see how you play in the game, though. Mm-hmm. That that trying to show the other side that your your mindset is such that you're not thinking about it. No, you're thinking about it. That's why you took off the damn shirt. Right. If you wasn't thinking about it, you wouldn't do all of that. Right. You got the beats by Dre on the head, and then you get beat in the game because you're trying to show me how tough you are pregame. It, 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 that's some of the funniest stuff ever, Jay. They run around with their shirt off, ripped up. I'm like, man, come on, man. That's not... That's not going to change what's getting ready to happen to you. I, I don't get any of that, man. I, I'm, I'm not even focused on that. I, I, I got my parka on the sideline. I'm staying warm key. I'm doing what the hell I have to do. It, when I get in the game, I'm getting my adrenaline up to try to get myself not to think about the it, cold. It, it's cold, and it'll be cold. And there'll be players that it may or may not bother to some degree. But when Aaron Rodgers or Tom, in particular Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers is going on a 12-play drive, and you're standing on the shaded side mm. because the game is at 3.05 Eastern. What time does it get dark? Five? Five-ish, yeah. So the second half, that thing, that whatever little bit of sun you got, that thing drops, and then that shade comes over there, and you're trying to find them heated seats and benches, and you're not even engaged in the game as you should be standing up on the sideline. I had to force myself for many years to stay standing up on the sideline and not go sit on the bench and wait till my turn comes. And that you'll see in the game, that sort of stuff happens where now all of a sudden that 53 men roster looks like 12 people. Cause everybody on the bench, they over there like this, that it plays a factor. So do, do, do you guys feel that every time I hear Bruce Arians talk now, it almost becomes like white noise. It, it, it's kind of like what sports center is on the background of my house. It's always on. I'm like, Oh, here it goes again. He's, you know, well, I love talking again. I love <laughs> interesting dichotomy for you. But you know what I mean, Zubin? I, I, I hear him, and then it, it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. I'm like, oh, there, there goes B.A. just talking again, doing what B.A. does. It, like, it doesn't bother me or it doesn't affect me at all. And I feel like other players, you've heard it so much, it doesn't even matter. Well, that, that's his personality, I guess, is to communicate differently, I guess. That's just his style one week one day it's Tom Brady's an issue to a degree the next day Bill Belichick can't coach Tom Brady and won't let him coach and doesn't know what he's doing and blah 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 now it's poking Aaron Rodgers and then you know it's just I guess that's just his way of going about his business I can't knock him if that's how he feels about certain things and in the end 
that guy on the other sideline, 12, is interesting. He's a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, speaking of poking Rodgers, poking the bear, poking the goat, in this case, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. It's something that Peter King brought up on our show yesterday. As Key said, he kind of took a little bit of a shot at Belichick when saying that, hey, you got to let Tom do his thing. They didn't let him coach the squad in New England the way I am here in Tampa Bay, that got a lot of oxygen. That was certainly more than white noise because that was discussed ad nauseum. And then Peter slipped this one in about number 12. I think the big thing about Arians is that, you know, he, he enjoys the competition verbally and on the field. You know, when I asked him about facing Aaron Rodgers, something I, I didn't write on Monday, he goes, well, we faced him once. We did pretty well. And he said a few things about how they crushed the uh, the Packers. It was the worst game of Rodgers' season. You know, we're not afraid of him and all that. Straight talk, uh, wireless, no contract, no compromise. I'm not telling the greatest NFL writer of the last 25 uh, years how to do his column. That should have probably made the piece. <laughs> I well, think he that should have made the piece. Well, he probably didn't because he knows that he's dealing with Bruce Arians and he's just talking. So it's kind of like. I'm sure Peter was like, man, I don't even feel like I hear this type of stuff out of his mouth all the time. You know, you go back to the Belichick doesn't let Brady coach. Well, if I've gone to 13 AFC championship appearances, nine Super Bowls, six wins, I don't want him coaching either. I mean, like, seriously, right? I mean, at the end. But then you you talk about you did whatever to Aaron Rodgers and you crushed him and you're not afraid of him and as I would always say, Jay, Bruce Arians ain't playing, man. He can't help them between them white lines. His days of playing was a long time ago, high school or college or something like that. He, he hadn't put on a uniform in how many years? He can't help them. Decades probably. So, so putting that out there. Dumb. Is, well, it's cool because no, Aaron it's Rod- dumb. No, it's, it's cool. The reason it's cool, Jay, is because Aaron Rodgers ain't really paying attention to it like that. I would. You know, it's like. Whatever. I would. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, last game. Last game, I was 16 for 35. I threw for 160 yards. I had two INTs. Okay. Zubin, whatever the spread is on this game, give it to me and more for Green Bay. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Like, I, this is going to be a touchdown or more. I, I don't know why people love to kind of pour gasoline on somebody who is already one of the most competitive people that you ever meet. Whenever you hear Aaron Rodgers, a guy when Jordan Love gets drafted, he'd be like, all right, cool, like, I got you. Like, I, I don't know why people provide ammunition for people like that. And, yes, it may have been white noise what I heard Bruce Arians say, but then I hear something like that, I'm like, that's just stupid in my opinion. Yeah, you file, you file that away, Zubin, and just keep it to the end of the game. That's yep. all. Yep. Let's file this away. Pack minus three. That's the number at the moment, Jay. So keep tabs on that. Jay's taking that all day long from what I'm understanding. By the way, that game that Arians referenced, 38-10 for the Bucks. Remember, it was 10-0 Packers. Bucks scored 38 unanswered, aided by their defense to win. And Rodgers had back-to-back interceptions. The game just blew up from there. On the way, Patrick Mahomes' concussion issue may be a test for more than just the Chiefs. And all you have to do is ask the NFL's all-time Iron Man. That's on the way. You can't say for sure when you're talking about concussions to get Patrick Mahomes back onto the field. Watching him sprint off the field into the locker room told me that he was going to be okay. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. Wow, this is huge for the Toronto Blue Jays. They've agreed to a six-year, $150 million deal with George Springer, one of the key cogs to the Houston Astros. 2017 World Championship and honestly a big cog in their AL West dominating machine. Key is not tapping a garbage can. He's tapping a microphone. We'll wait to see what happens with Jose Altuve. I'll keep you up to date on that if you want. And we mentioned this is serious news surrounding Tiger Woods. Folks, say this slowly if you would. He's having a microdisectomy. Got through that. That's actually a back operation. He's had a couple of these before. He's going to miss the next two events on tour, which is really a shame because one is the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines, where Tiger has actually won the event seven times, won the U.S. Open there in 08 on one leg, as you may recall. He's also going to miss the Genesis Invitational, and that's too bad because that's the event the Tiger Woods Foundation is all over. Those are two events in Keys country out there in Southern California. What is it called again, Zubin? The Genesis Invitational. Tiger no, no, the, the, the surgery on the back. Microdisectomy. Okay, I'm just going to call it the Mike Tyson bacchiotomy. <laughs> we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Be careful. And one last note, the Atlanta dream of the WNBA are close to being sold. There are apparently five interested bidders. The team is currently owned by Kelly Leffler, the politician. The WNBA commissioner, Kathy Engelbert, told everyone she would not make Leffler sell the team in any way, shape, or form. But obviously things have changed after she lost a Georgia runoff election. We'll wait to see who the new owner of the Atlanta Dream will be. Pretty odd to have the entire team going against their owner. Sports Center brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Assurion.com slash Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. Playing with pain is just a part of football, as Key has told us before. All the things he said over the years, and Patrick Mahomes is in the concussion protocol. We're not 100% sure he had a concussion, but that's the deal. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, all of our guests on the Goodyear hotline. Key has told us when practice begins on Wednesday or when he is able to be cleared, he'll be right back out there. Don't be surprised if you see Mahomes out there on Sunday for a trip to Super Bowl 55, but he's had to tough it out. He's a tough kid. Nobody probably in modern football has been tougher than the NFL's all-time Ironman, 
Brett Favre, who if he had a condition like this, would just shake it off and walk back onto the field on the very next snap. That's how tough he was. But times have changed. Favre is now over 50 years old. His methods and his opinion has changed. TMZ Sports caught up with him. And listen to this change of tune from a guy that was the toughest guy you'd ever see on a field. I played 321 straight games. It it, it kind of goes against everything that I, I you know I stood for when I played. But you got to be smart. You got to be smart. I was never faced with a decision that he potentially will face this week, um, and ultimately the the decision may fall on the doctors. Um, and if they choose that he doesn't play then it's the right move um, because of long-term damage. And when you're in the moment and you're young, you, you're bulletproof, man. But at, I'm, fi- I'm 51 years old, and I wonder what tomorrow will bring um, because of concussions more than anything. Sobering key, but mm. on point. Yes, um, it certainly is. I, I, look. We all played the game for a very long time, and, and we took a lot of bumps and bruises and head knocks and all of those sort of things. And, and you have to be cautious about your health. There's no question about it. But not being a doctor and being a guy who has been knocked to the ground and hit my head on the floor and all those sort of things, looking at Patrick Mahomes – the moment that he got hit, when he went down, I said, oh, he's concussed. I could tell. Then he started to get up from his knees, and I was like, oh, he in trouble. And now in the wobble, I'm like, yeah, he's a, it's a wrap for this game. Mm-hmm. You could tell. But then sprinting off, you don't sprint off if you're concussed at a high level. And it's different levels of it. Everybody's severity is a little bit different. I think in this day and age, the protocols and the doctors independently of the NFL as well as the Kansas City Chiefs will give the okay or the not okay for him to play and resume. Just based on what I saw, though, tells me he'll probably be on the field doing something today when they resume practice. Doesn't mean that the symptoms can't come strongly after the fact. Come on strongly. Doesn't mean he, he's going to miss the game or going to play in the game. Doesn't mean any of that. I just know today he'll be doing, doing some light tossing based on what I've seen him do in terms of running off and into the tunnel. I also feel that the definition of toughness has changed from the time that Brett Favre played to where we are in the game today. Obviously, there is an enlightenment on issues like CTE and the protocols that are in place that the NFL has established. But back in the day, you know, when he he's made mentions of, you know, I've probably had hundreds or thousands of concussions. And Zubin, you said you said toughness back in the day. Toughness was you get hit, you shake it off, get back in the game and win. And ultimately, that was your decision. Um, Today, toughness is having the strength or courage to say, I do not feel okay. If you do not feel okay. Now, I I agree with Key. It, It seems like it's trending in the direction of him running off the court, off the field and being okay. And obviously yesterday he went through one of the first steps of protocols and he did well uh, at practice. But I, I also think that there is an awareness around protecting your players and your future assets. And I think teams now respect that more than ever. And I think Patrick Mahomes, 
I, I, I know I feel like he's going to play, but I think ultimately at the end of the day, he values the longevity of his career over one game if he didn't feel like he was okay to play, even though I think he is going to play because I think he feels okay. Absolutely. You said a, a, a lot of different things there that make a whole lot of sense. Uh, Jay, when you think about the longevity of one's career, you also think about protecting the player that you value in Patrick Mahomes. But Patrick Mahomes also is going to protect himself. On top of that, the money is different now than when Brett Favre played mm-hmm. and I played. So it's kind of like players, when we played, would you know you get knocked around, you go back in, you shake it off, you get a little smelling sauce, but you were also playing to win a championship to win games, but you also was playing because they was paying you uh, an absurd amount of money. Well, now the money has changed significantly, hmm. and so now you could be like, I got a headache, I'm cool, I'm done, I'm sit this one out. You still gonna get your check, and you're not really gonna question, and nobody's gonna question anything else. So it's a little bit different. For Patrick Mahomes and just kind of having conversations with him in the past, I don't know him to the degree that others may, but I know him enough to say that if he can go, he's going to go. And if he can't go, he's not going to jeopardize his future for one game. Just not going to do it. And we should also mention that right now it's just business between the two teams and the NFL. It used to be you got pressurized, it's the team doctor, but now with the independent neurological consultant, it takes everything right out of it, Key. It's putting it in someone else's hands so it's not that pressurized environment that the team doctor that's making a fraction of what the star quarterback is is being pressured to make a decision. It's being taken out of his or her hands. And I never and I never ever felt like the team doctor was under pressure. What I always felt like is the team doctor didn't even though he's a team doctor and he's a doctor, he was not a bona fide specialist. He's a team doctor. Yeah, he knows some concussion and he may know your your arm is broken, you got a fracture here, your ACL has a slight tear in it. But when you start dealing with the brain, that takes on something totally different. Specialist. And when we were playing, there were really no specialists standing on the exactly. sideline. Exactly. There were doctors that gave, you know, looked at you, gave you this little motorized test that you have to take really quick in a locker room, and then you pass that test and you go right back on the field. But or you there wouldn't pass nobody. the test, but they told you you passed the test, kid. Well, you know I don't know. I mean? I, I, yeah, oh, I you don't. see this? Nope. Oh, you're I, good. Go ahead. Get back in nah, there. No, CJ, I never – I've been knocked to the ground, and I've had, I've had to go in the locker room and, and do all of those sort of things. But by the time I got from the field – to the locker room, I was good to go. You put the hands in front of me. You 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 put the little chart in front of me. You do all the things, and I was fine. But I you're, honestly, you, was you're okay. A pit, you're a pit bull, man. You no, but run. it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't that I was a pit bull or anything like that. I'm telling you, I was honestly fine. I could I could communicate. I could see everything the way I saw it before I got knocked to the ground. So it might have been a mild concussion to a degree that they something that they couldn't uh, technically. Uh, find at that point in time, but I never was put in a position where I was forced to go back on the field. Mm-hmm. I, and some guys may feel that way, that play, but I never felt that doctors on my team forced me to go back out there when something was wrong with me from an injury standpoint. They, As far as I'm concerned, my medical staff, from the trainers to the doctors, always protected me from harming myself. Always. Something, something else that's changed over the years from the time Brett Favre played to where we are today is just the rhetoric from coaches. And I, I, 
Look, you know, you talk about the INC, Zubin, and how that independent person gives you an objective perspective that the team has to listen to. Well, think about it back in the day. And everybody who's listening to us right now, if you played sports, if you played sports 20 years ago back in the day, you've had coaches or people on the team in positions of authority that will call you names, right? Like things like, don't be weak. Don't be soft. Don't be this. Don't be that. Don't be one of the, like people, there was that per pervasive conversation or rhetoric that was used all of a sudden to push you because you didn't want to be weak. You wanted to show what strength was or what toughness was And today's toughness or strength is seen differently. No, no, that's a great point. But the, uh, I would just say real quick before we, move on to something that's really interesting. The fact that they had to put the independent... This interesting? No, 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 it is. <laughs> the fact that they had to put the independent neurological consultant in shows that the experiences that Key had would be generally atypical. Everything went mm-hmm. well with Key and his doctors, but the fact that they had to implement this shows you there was some well, issue. Well, because, because if you think about it, Zubin, on all of those highlights that you used to read on SportsCenter for many years, you see a guy get hit, fall down, get up, Da, 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 go to the sideline. Two plays later, he's back in the game. So they had to do that because it, and then over time, these sort of things were happening on a consistent basis to the point where it was no return. And now a guy go, gets hit in the first quarter, he's done for the game. A guy in my day, in Brett's day, get hit in the first quarter, he may sit for a, a series or two, but he's playing the rest of the game. He'll go in at halftime, anything wrong with you, okay? Here, man, here's some Advil. You good? Go back out there. And that was it. It was just like, you're good. It was no Crazy. anything in depth with, in, in terms of those sort of things. But, you know, I think a couple of things probably happened to Patrick Mahomes, and I wasn't on the, on the field. I'm not a doctor. I'm just looking from afar. Probably got the wind knocked out of him. And on top of that, he tried to get up too fast. Best thing to do Stay is down. just lay down. Mm-hmm. Chill. Yeah. Just lay down. Don't try to show – Toughness. I've been there before. Oh, I got knocked out. I'm jumping up. Whoa. Whoa. It. Uh, boom. Where oh, am man. I? Think Why about am I it. A roller coaster? You can go. You can go. There's a clip, and I think it's on YouTube, and we may, we may want to pull it up next time we talk about this. It could be on YouTube. I'm playing against the Detroit um, Lions, and I think it was 2000. Okay. Year 2000. It's a clip that Jay J- Will. You talk about somebody that got hit. Pull it up on YouTube. Man, I got hit by Corwin Brown from the Detroit Lions. Now, Detroit Lions hitting somebody. That was really interesting. Um, but you talk about somebody. You would have quit, Jay. You would have quit. Yeah. You wouldn't want to play football no more. Yeah, I, you know, I ain't trying to. You can't. Look at like it, though. That. You can hit me on the wrist one time. I'm going to scream out. That's a fact. I tried to get up too fast. <laughs> And the first thing I did, you know, I'm silly as all outdoors. I start checking for my earring. I'm like, <laughs> I ain't worried about my head. I'm worried about my earring. <laughs> was it intact? Did you, wear, uh, it was, it was did you wear a hoop or a diamond? Did you have a hoop no, or a, a diamond? Stud. I had a stud. Uh, I had yeah. like a, a I want to say it was a two-carat canary. Ooh. Yeah, that, before before anybody start even rocking canaries, man. I, come on, Jay. You know, you I flexing always, on the field, and nobody you know see and nobody see the two carat canary, but and you underneath I, your helmet. And then I'll tell you during the break what I said on the sideline because I can't say that on national TV. Gotcha. So some people give the two carat canary engagement ring. Key's got it on the ear. You give it to your girl. Key's got had, it on his left ear. I had ear. swag before swag was even invented, man. Stop that. <laughs> Speaking of swag, a couple of great guests this morning on Greeny's show, which immediately follows ours, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Today, Greeny is joined by the eyes, Mike Singletary, and 
the Pats, Matt Light. He'll spread some great stories, I guess, about protecting Tom Brady, what happens with Bill Belichick next season. He's been a key cog, an underrated key cog of the Patriots dynasty. And Singletary and Light will join Greeny right after we're done. Weekday mornings here on ESPN Radio. Back to the center of attention under center. So that's the question. He's 25 years old. He's in the prime of his career. He is disgruntled, unhappy, and there would be plenty of teams, probably 25 or so, to have that 25-year-old in the fold to be the face of their franchise. So what happens? How complicated is it? Great piece dropping on ESPN.com at 7 a.m. Eastern on the potential stages that would have to be gone through, hoops that would have to be jumped through for Deshaun Watson to move to any NFL team. It was all chronicled in detail by Jeremy Fowler, our ESPN national NFL reporter. Great detail. I got an early sneak peek at the story, which you can see in about 13 minutes, 7 Eastern on ESPN.com. Jeremy here with a quick little preview, a little primer to get us ready. Um, I just heard John McClain say there in their little audio there, Jeremy, he's a Houston-based writer as strong as they come, as plugged in as they are, saying there's absolutely, positively no chance Deshaun Watson gets moved. What does your reporting tell you? It was even great to be with you. Um, you know, that is true from Houston's side. They feel like, hey, we just did a long-term contract with you less than five months ago. Um, we haven't really had in-depth conversations with you about this. We haven't received a trade request. Um, you know, the question is, how far is Deshaun Watson willing to take this? And talking to people around the league, uh, they're torn. Some people think, like, look, they're going to work this out. They have a good GM that they just hired in Nick Casario. It might not be he wasn't hired in the process by which Deshaun wanted to see because he was told he would be involved, and he wasn't. That's part of the issue. Uh, the, the other side of this, though, is that he has core issues with ownership. And when you have issues with ownership, uh, that might not be repairable, depending on how the player responds over the next few weeks and months. But uh, if he truly is fed up, then it is inevitable that, uh, as the stages you mentioned go by, uh, you know, Deshaun's kind of icing the team out. He's not talking to him. He's making clear he wants out. And then all of a sudden you're listening to trade offers until you're actively trading a player. Th- th- we've seen this dance many times, and that's how this goes. Yeah, that is correct, Jeremy. And, and when you think about it, the contract extension was signed in September, but because of the way that it was structured, it favors the teams that are looking to acquire his right. services like this next season, I think it counts for about eleven million. Then it balloons to thirty-five to thirty-nine yeah. million over those next two years. Mm-hmm. How does that play in these trade talks? That could potentially yeah, Keyshawn, come up. Potentially come yeah, up. Yeah, Keyshawn, that's huge because the Texans have to take on the signing bonus money. So they paid him twenty-seven million dollars four and a half months ago. Um, they have to prorate that on their books. So the new team, as of now, unless there is some sort of dispute with the NFL Management Council. The new team doesn't have to take that on. So he's a $10.5 million salary cap and cash hit next year, which mm-hmm. is a bargain for even bad starters at quarterback. Uh, so you take that on, and then there's the no-trade clause in the contract uh, that was put in by Watson and his agent, which it basically just says he needs to to execute a trade. He has to have written consent provided to the team. Without it, they can't make the deal. So. Uh, the way this would probably go if it gets ugly enough is that the, the agent would talk with the team and lay out parameters ahead of time. Here are some teams we would go to, um, kind of like we saw with James Harden a little bit, uh, only it, you know it's a little more formal in this case, but uh, that would probably be how this shakes out. For an old washed-up wide receiver, 
I got they, the Jets got two number one picks for me to Tampa Bay. I went on obviously and did my part, held the hold, held my end of the bargain and helped yeah. bring a championship to Tampa. What is if they got two ones for this washed up receiver? What can they get for Deshaun Watson? His value. Hey, two ones is great value for a, a great player like yourself. But we're talking about a quarterback position, which yes. has only gained uh, premium exposure and importance in, in the recent years. So, people I've talked to around the league, execs, coaches, they say at the very least three first rounders. Everybody's unanimous on that. Um, that's a starting point, and not only three first rounders, but probably a high pick, which is why. People are pegging the Jets and the Miami Dolphins potentially uh, to Deshaun Watson because they have a, a, you know, the second and the third pick, respectively. That could be used to get a quarterback. We don't know how new GM Nick Casario feels about this quarterback class, but if he feels strongly about it, that would be a gravitational pull, which makes late April sort of a artificial deadline for a potential deal. Jeremy, which team is in the best position to land Watson from an asset perspective? Yeah, it would probably have to be the Jets or Miami. I think that's why those dots are being connected by teams I've talked to. Uh, you know, they have a ton of calories, sap uh, cap space. The Jets have like $69 million. Dolphins have $24 million, but they have a lot of young, exciting – well, I shouldn't say young, exciting pieces in the Jets. They have a couple players, but the Dolphins definitely have that. Um, and you have a lot of draft picks. You have capital to do it and, and then still have enough to pick your own players, which would entice the team to maybe make that deal. Uh, one couple sleeper teams I heard of are like Carolina. Um, you know, they can get out of Teddy Bridgewater's deal if they have to, if they're not sold on him. I was expecting them to be real aggressive in the draft to get a good quarterback, but maybe this is the play for them instead. And then Washington uh, is a team that, a, a couple of people around the league have mentioned, not necessarily just on Watson, but that they're going to be aggressive to get the right quarterback in this offseason because they have $35 million in cap space, but they have a lot of young, intriguing players, especially on the defensive line. New culture with Ron Rivera a little bit. They think their time is now. One thing I would mention about this piece, again, about the drop on ESPN.com at 7 a.m. Eastern is how clear-eyed it is. There's so many number-cruncher aspects to make this deal work, but the way Jeremy has simplified this is amazing. It's an absolutely fascinating piece of work, which, again, it's going to be the biggest story of the NFL offseason by a mile, and you can check it out on ESPN.com at 7 a.m. Eastern, just minutes from now. Jeremy, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks. All right, Fal. So here's the deal, guys. As bargain basement as it is, you kind of talked about how much of a bargain Watson would be. Jeremy puts it simply, next two years, you'd pay Watson $45.5 million or $82.5 million over the next three. That's essentially what any team would pay Carson Wentz. Who do you want for that same amount of money? Did you just ask me that? <laughs> Hypothetical, <laughs> rhetorical, rhetorical. I'm going to let you be my brain. Who you think I will want? <laughs> That's what exactly Fowler said. A bargain basement, $45.5, 82.5, and maybe a Super Bowl in your future. On the way, which gives... Which team gives Watson the best chance to win a Super Bowl? You weigh in next.